Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Chris Paulette. I'm an editor here at How Stuff Works. And sitting next to me, as usual, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. Chris, I have a question for you. Okay. Are you ready to rock? No. No? No. Oh, uh, Sorry. I'm... I have nowhere to go now. <laughs> I'll make a note of it. Okay. So uh, we wanted to talk today about technology and how it's playing an increasingly important role in music education and learning to play musical instruments and how you can actually learn to play certain musical instruments using simple programs or, or hardware. And I know what you're thinking. Actually, I don't know what you're thinking, but <laughs> you might be thinking – that, uh, yeah, you know, I got Guitar Hero, but I don't see how that's going to make me, uh, pick up a guitar and start playing. But you'd be dead wrong. Well, maybe not dead wrong. Well, you'd be, you'd be seriously hurt wrong. Actually, you know, Guitar Hero, <laughs> Guitar Hero and Rock Band have, uh, inspired some people to start playing the real instruments. Now, we should go ahead and point out, of course, that Guitar Hero, uh, and the guitars in Rock Band, they, they don't really give you a feel for what playing a real guitar is like. Not at all, really. No, it's um, true. I'm sorry. No, no, I was just going to say, you know, it's the, in the, in the interest of simplifying it into a game mechanic, you know, having, Five buttons and a strumming button of some sort. That's not the same as, you know, having, you know, a stringed guitar. It's just not gonna, it's not gonna be nearly the, uh, the same kind of effect that you would have if you're playing a real musical instrument. No, uh, Guitar Hero and, and Rock Band, at least the guitar parts, they're, they're rhythm games. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it's kind of useful for drumming, you know, the drum part in the, in Guitar Hero and Rock Band, or sure. at least the Guitar Heroes that have the Rock Band yes, yeah, yeah. world tour. Um, that, uh, you know, obviously is a rhythm situation and the microphones are actually, you know, singing, trying to hit the pitch. But, uh, the guitars, for those of you who haven't tried it, uh, basically ask you to press a certain button for a certain note at a certain time. That's what the strum bar is for. Right. Yeah. Um, but you're not really learning how to hit a certain pitch or, or you play know, chords. any music theory or how to play chords right. or any of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. For chords, you just play pressing multiple buttons at the same time while you hit a strum bar. But that's not the same. You know, obviously, that's a far cry from actually learning how to play chords on a guitar. But the nice thing is, I mean, a lot of us have that inner rock star that's just dying to get out. You right. know, I mean, and, and we maybe didn't have the opportunity or the desire when we were younger to pick up a musical instrument. Um, and maybe we don't have the time to really devote to learning a musical instrument, but these games gave us the opportunity to, you know, pretend like we're rock gods and just, you know, thrash out a, a, a blistering guitar solo and make us feel great. And then some of us take that feeling and say, you know what? Maybe this is worthwhile. Maybe I should make time to actually pick up a musical instrument and learn how to play it for realsies. That's true. That's true. Um, if you haven't seen uh, how the guitar parts work in these games, essentially the dots representing certain notes come down the screen, and it looks like they're coming down a fretboard right. of a guitar. That's the long, uh, the long part of the neck where you can actually see the, the lines across that and the strings. Uh, you know, go across that. And the notes are coming down what would be the strings. And you're supposed to play, you know, red or green at a certain time. Well, somebody has actually put that into practice in helping you learn how to play um, an instrument. And uh, we have an article on our website uh, that Dave Roos wrote 
yeah. called uh, How Piano Wizard Works. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, the uh, Music Wizard group um, actually has put this into practice. Now, this is a, a program for your computer, and you plug in a USB keyboard. And um, it's a little different because you, there are a series of stickers um, I actually edited that article and then went out and bought the program. And it is very cool because, uh, you place the certain, uh, stickers on the keyboard. So you have, and there are a lot more than just a five in Guitar Hero. There's, uh, it represents the entire octave, uh, including half steps. Um, so there are a variety of, variety of colors, um, mm. that go there. But, okay. um, each represents a note. So when you're on the easiest level of Piano Wizard, uh, the notes come down from the top of the screen, and you're supposed to hit, say, beige, and then blue, and then red, and they correspond to the notes in a chord, for example, the one, three, and five. Um, gradually, as you go, the songs get more complex, and then you can switch into a different mode, where instead of the notes coming down from the top of the screen, they're scrolling from left to right, but they're still multicolored. And then, in the third step, they become actual notes, the oh. notes that you might see on a piece of music. And then finally, in the last stage, they become black and white notes. So suddenly, you've gone from the colored dots coming down from the top of the screen to reading black and white music as it scrolls left to right on your keyboard, and you're learning the actual notes, where they appear on the music, and where that belongs on the keyboard. So really, it's sort of, <laughs> it's almost subversive in the way that you're just picking up on it from having, you know, having the practice, and at the same time, you're getting used to how your hands fit on the keyboard. Um, and it's a pretty nifty idea. They're, they also have something called a Guitar Wizard, um, which is sort of a similar thing, although it uses the uh, Fisher-Price I Can Play Guitar uh, instead of a USB keyboard to hook up to it. So I'm um, trying so hard not to laugh now. Uh, yes, but if you learn guitar... Uh, you know, I'm just imagining a toddler smashing a Fisher-Price guitar on a stage. Well, that part of it's not in the game. Yeah, it totally should be. Until <laughs> you end every every like major monster set. Yeah, but that's the funny thing that uh, Guitar Hero and Rock Band and Piano Wizard, which is actually a learning tool, are not that far apart in the very basic uh, methodology. And it's teaching kids and even some older people who uh, learn how to play other instruments how to play the piano. Yeah, that's a you know that's a very good point. And of course, like we were talking about earlier with Rock Band. You can, or even, you know, Guitar Hero World Tour that has the, the drum the kit in it. Right. Right. When you, when you add the drum kit in there, you actually are learning kind of the rudimentary, uh, steps into learning to play the drums. Now, sure. I happen to be sitting with a drum god, Chris Paulette here. Right, uh, right. You may not know, but he's, he's a drummer. Um, well, I think they know now. Now they do. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, He's he's one of those rock gods that we all adore and idolize, uh, including myself. Yeah, I got up at noon today. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Crack of noon. And uh, so I have a question for you, Chris. As, a, right. as an actual drummer right. who has used real drum kits, right. what's your opinion on things like rock band and even, say, electric drum kits that are, you know, that, that synthesize the drum sound? Well, they've... Uh, I've been a drummer now for 28 years. And uh, when I started learning how to play the drums in the 1980s, um, electronic drum kits were just starting to become very popular. And uh, for those of you who are in your 30s or maybe older, or even, I guess, late 20s, you might remember those hexagonal 
uh, new wave electronic drum kits wow. that people used to use. That sounded awful. Yeah, yeah. Well, they were the whole point of that was to be different. You didn't want them to sound like acoustic drums. Sure. And uh, you know, professional drummers, a lot of them at the time, uh, sort of had a lot of disdain for these these kits. Now, um, the machines in Rock Band and uh, Guitar Hero are pretty scaled down from that. Yeah. Um, you know, because they still make electronic drum kits. And as a matter of fact, you can, uh, I believe it's the, uh, Guitar Hero version that, uh, can be used with an Alesis drum kit. Wow. Um, and, uh, essentially you could just use that one instead. Um, but the electronic drums can be very, very sophisticated. They, um, they're essentially just a, what they call a trigger pad. Um, which is a surface that responds to the stick hitting it or your hands hitting it. There are, uh, versions of acoustic drums you can play, you know, hand drums, if you will. Like bongos. Yeah, essentially. Gotcha. Um, they have different spots to play, you know, a rim shot or the center of the drum. So it represents different parts of the drum, like you would play with your hands. Um, but, uh, you know, actually these are, they, they're sensitive to the amount of, uh, pressure with which the stick hits the drum. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the other part has a brain, uh, which is basically a big electronic computer that stores all the sounds in it. So the nifty thing about an electronic drum kit is you can have a variety of different drum kits stored. You know, with the um, we talked about Ray Kurzweil sure. a long time ago in one of our other podcasts and uh, his work in electronic music. And how electronic instruments didn't really sound like real instruments until uh, his company did work with that. Well, um, that's sort of the way it is for uh, electronic drums now, too. I mean, a-, a long time ago, people didn't talk about how realistic electronic drums might sound. Mm-hmm. But now you can have all kinds of things in there. And you might even have things like Latin percussion or sound effects, cowbells and things. You don't have to carry around... <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm not making it. I'm not going to do the cowbell reference. Just okay. keep going. All right. Because, <laughs> you know, we could all, this podcast could use more cowbell. Yes, of course it could. But you wouldn't have to necessarily carry around all that stuff with you. What, what <laughs> you might be surprised to know, we call toys. Right. Um, you know, all those extra instruments, uh, you know, you wouldn't have to carry those with you. So there's an advantage to, uh, to doing that. And if you don't plug it into an amplifier, you can use it as a practice pad kit. Sure. Um, but uh, the stuff that they have with um, the games is a little bit more scaled down. Sure. Yeah. Um, the four pads you know, not and a kick pad, yeah. that's about it. But that's really all you need to to uh, to learn basic drumming. Sure. Um, and, you know, if you have your, your bass drum pedal and your snare drum, that's, you know, the foundation of most rock songs right there. That's true. Yeah, you can do most of the Dave Clark Five just with those. Pretty much. So uh, when I was at CES, right. um, I got to stop at the Roland booth, which was pretty amazing. Now, Roland, they... They make sound cards for computers, but they also make lots and lots of different um, music equipment. All, all kinds of different all, electronic yeah, instruments. Not just, yeah, not just music, all sorts of stuff. But the, the two things they had that were getting a lot of attention, actually I guess three, they had, uh, they had some guitar stuff, which was getting a little attention. Uh, they had some keyboard stuff, as in pianos. That was getting some attention. But what I got the most were their drum kits. And they had a lot of electronic drum kits there. And some of them were really, really impressive. Like the, uh, let's see, let's see if I get this right. The TD-20S, which has, uh, has a hi-hat, has three cymbals and six drum pads. So it's a pretty big electronic 
drum yeah. kit. I mean, you know, when you think, okay, so rock band, that, that basic kit has the four pads and then the, the, the kick pad or right. kicks, you know, the, the kick pedal. Um, this one had a, has many more than that. But the neat thing that Roland's doing is that they've got this software, this tutoring software that kind of mimics the rock band approach where that's one of the modes you can use. It has multiple, but because so many people have gotten used to rock band, Roland has decided to act on this and they have this software where you can learn to play drums by kind of following along with songs and, and, uh, acting off of visual cues like you would in rock band to learn to play the drums for certain songs. And then you eventually progress very much the same way the, the piano program you were talking about, uh, kind of similar, you know, you, you get, each step is a little bit more challenging and, and you have to rely more on your memory and uh, about how this works, um, until you get to the point where you're actually just playing the drums. And, uh, that was really neat. It was also kind of interesting to see all these executives in, in suits and ties, uh, all with, uh, these headphones on just rocking out. <laughs> I talked with the, uh, one of the representatives from Roland and she told me that some of these guys would come in, sit down, and be there for 45 minutes playing on an electric drum kit. And then maybe they'd even come back later in the day to play some more because it was just – it was so – you know, it, it's that whole rock band thing. That idea of, hey, man, I can I can be a musician too. And, uh, and it's interesting that we see technology now kind of catering to that. Yeah, yeah. I mean even even your beloved Apple is catering to that. That's true. Uh, in the uh, newest version of iLife, which is iLife 09, um, they've updated GarageBand yet again. Yeah. And as uh, someone who plays melodic instruments a little bit, um, GarageBand is a really nifty, uh, really nifty beginner's toolkit. I mean, right. we're not talking. Uh, you're not writing high uh, high end notation stuff like uh, you would see in something like Sibelius. Um, you're not um, putting down tracks like you might in Pro Tools if you're going to record an album. Sure. But if you wanted to uh, to create a demo or learn how or just write a song, write the basics of a song so you could take it back to your band or even just, hey, fool around with it. Yeah. Um, you know, GarageBand is a pretty nifty, uh, pretty nifty piece of software, but they've added sort of a new feature uh, to the 2009 version of it, and it's... Um, it's a learn along with the pros. Oh yeah, yeah. Type thing and they've got some big name people. Yeah, like um, Sting. Yes, yes. Who will teach you how to play Roxanne on the guitar? Yep. And uh, other people will include um, Sarah McLaughlin, mm-hmm. Fallout Boy, Nora Jones, Colby Kaye, um, Sarah Bareilles, Ben Folds. Yep, yep. Uh, John Fogarty and One Republic. I'm just sad that Ben Folds teach you, teaches you how to play Brick instead of Annie Waits. <laughs> Annie Waits is my favorite Ben Fold song. All right. For those of you listening who want who were just curious. That's all right. My my trivia with Ben Folds uh goes back to my high school days. Speaking of uh high school band when I marched next to the drummer for Ben Folds 5, Darren Jesse. See, uh, you were just song. one drummer spot off from playing for the Ben Folds 5. <laughs> <laughs> if you had just stood a little to the left. Um so yeah, I mean they, they, these programs are uh Letting you actually learn from the pros. They show you how to play these songs and then, you know, now granted it's not as interactive. You can't, they're not going to stop and say, yeah. no, 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 I said C major. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's not going to happen. But it's interesting that it's an interesting approach. 
And in an, in an era where music programs are getting cut back in schools, um, it's nice to see that there are some other things that you can do to bolster uh, your kids' education or your own education. There's no reason why uh, we as adults can't uh, look back on that and go, you know what, I've always wanted to learn how to play guitar. Yeah, totally. Um, and, and these kinds of things can help you do that. Uh, you know, bolster your love for music, share it with other people. I mean, there's no reason why you can't uh, get GarageBand and lay down something and play it behind your podcast as you create your podcast. You know, yeah. as, you know you're the copyright holder. Why I, think, I think we need to get a How Stuff Works band together. Oh, there you go. We've got, we've got some pretty talented musicians. Uh, I am not one of them. I play two instruments, the penny whistle and the Appalachian dulcimer. Hey, Because, you, know. you know, that's the kind of rock god I am. So, uh, but hopefully other people play better instruments. <laughs> they would make a much better band. But, uh, yeah, it's so interesting that you can get this kind of stuff. And if you really do have the drive and the energy for it, I mean, go for it, guys. I mean, this stuff is, is out there. And uh, there's, there are plenty of, uh, programs out on the internet now that are, um, that are free. They're shareware and they're freeware programs that you can look at to learn things like keyboards and stuff. Now, granted, they won't be as sophisticated as the ones we've been talking about, but it might be a nice place to start. That's true. And, um, you know, there are all kinds of other opportunities out there. There are, uh, uh, chord charts, plenty of those out, out there for those of you who are learning to play stringed instruments sure. and, uh, all kinds of other references, even, uh, how stuff works podcast. Yeah. You know, if you're uh, interested in catching up on the latest uh, music stuff. Yeah, stuff from the B-sides. Stuff from the B-sides. So. It's an excellent podcast. I highly recommend it. Excellent. Well, this was a good conversation. And and before we go, yeah. I would like to once again refer to our listener mail. <laughs> I'm just going to keep doing it that way. You know that, right? Okay. So this one comes from Brendan Davian. Now, Brendan writes to uh, to give us a clarification on our fishing and farming podcast. I remember that. Right. I do too. So he says, in your podcast on fishing and farming, you said that before clicking on a link to check the bottom left of your screen to see the URL of the link. However, you can use HTML to make the link look like it's going somewhere else. For example, a link says click here. And when you put your mouse on it, the bottom left says it's going to Google. When you click on it, it actually takes you to Yahoo. That's true. And so the only way to prevent farming is to type in to the website yourself, like type in the address of the website. Um, thanks, Brendan. Uh, it is true that you can spoof uh, e- uh, URLs like that. It's it's actually called hyperlink spoofing, sometimes web spoofing. Yep. However, you did say that the only way to guarantee was to uh, type in the address yourself. I'm sad to say that's not true either. Um, there is really no guarantee if someone has uh, committed a DNS cache poisoning attack. It is possible to create a man-in-the-middle attack where you type in a URL and you know that it's a legitimate URL and you hit enter, it can get intercepted and sent to a farming site. So it's possible even taking the the, the biggest uh, precaution we can say, which is type out your the, the URL, even that can uh, can backfire on you. However, I should also point out that those kind of attacks are not uh, common and they usually only affect certain ISPs, uh, you know, it's not like it's a, a web-wide attack, thank goodness, but it is possible. And it's usually, it's the kind of thing that would happen very seldom, and it's also the kind of thing that would probably be discovered fairly quickly, I would yeah. imagine. Yeah, that's the sort of thing where, yeah, it can happen, uh, but someone's going to find out about it fast, they're going to react. Uh, so yeah, it's not something to, to really stay up nights worrying about, but we should point out in the interest of full disclosure that it is possible. True. 
But yes, you're right. The best way to do that is to type it in yourself, and that's your your best chance of getting where you're really trying to go. So thanks very much, Brendan. And if you want to email us, you can send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com. If you want to learn more about music and uh, technology, well, check out our website, howstuffworks.com, and we'll talk to you again really soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?